no one will protect what they don't care about and no one will care about what they've never experienced. This is Get Outside, brought to you by Ordnance Survey. On this Countryside Code edition, we'll look at the damage being done to our outdoor places. I've got my bucket here and I just found a Coke bottle, an antibacterial hand sanitizer, Covid crap as we call that, lockdown litter. We'll explore why looking after our green spaces matters. Think about, you know, that swan catching itself on the litter that someone's thrown away. And look at how you can help. Take an action to look after your trails. It has a wonderful booster jab to both the environment and the people who are taking part in it. We'll also meet some extraordinary characters. How I've changed my life from being a no saying, height hating, comfort loving sofa surfer to having climbed Everest. And answer some pretty important questions from encountering cows. Good behaviour, watching out, no sharp movements to getting caught short outdoors. There are times and places to do it. Someone's front garden is a definite no-no. For more on how we can all help look after our green spaces for future generations, go to getoutside.uk and keep listening to Get Outside, the Countryside Code Edition from Ordnance Survey for information and tips. Belinda Dixon, one of Ordnance Survey's Get Outside champions. And over the next half hour, I'll be asking, does there have to be more damage to outdoor spaces if more people visit? And right, just walking along, and here we are, there are one, two, three, four, six beer bottles just left on the beach. How can we change that behaviour? Can we change that behaviour? Well, to investigate, we've drafted in a cast of characters, people who climb mountains, surf seas, paddle boats and hike hills. Together, can we help bring about change? As you might be able to hear, by now I've come to the local woods and there's these trees and these gorgeous greenery and that, that earthy smell when it rains. But there are also crisp packets and there's a couple of plastic bottles. Now, if I don't pick that plastic bottle up, how long does it take to break down? I don't know, but I know a man who does. So I am in Cornwall on Perrinporth Beach. Yeah, I thought I'd come down to the beach that, during my work at Surfers Against Sewage for 10 years, have removed somewhere in the region of five tonnes of plastic pollution off this beach. That's Dom Ferris, founder of Trash Free Trails. He's one of the experts who's going to help us investigate this problem. If we think about the lockdown litter that's taking place now in Bournemouth Beach and beauty spots around the country up in the Lake District, this seemingly worse than ever littering issues, one of the big causes of that is all kinds of different types of, of disconnection. People aren't connected to these wild places. Another of our experts, Mark Crosby, who's the head of operations at the walking charity, The Ramblers. He feels the disconnect that leads to litter also leads to anger, upset and dismay. There's probably a, a natural response, isn't it, to have a sense of outrage when other people's behaviour is possibly not aligned to what you think is the right thing to do. If you look at the pictures of Bournemouth Beach with mm. the litter and then the sense of frustration from some of the volunteers who are having to clean up on a daily basis. Time to meet the third person helping us investigate the damage being done to our open spaces. So we canoe on the River Waveney quite a lot. We have a double kayak. My wife sits in the front, I sit in the back, and the two dogs sit in the middle. That's John Packman, Chief Executive of the Broads Authority, speaking here also on behalf of the UK's 15 national parks. 
whether it's your local park, whether it's a little local wood, whether it's a national park, those spaces are just so important for our sense of well-being. You know, one of the reasons people come and enjoy boating on the boards is this sense of wildness. Of course, you get on the top of Snowdon or Scarfell Pike, and that sense of wildness I think you'd lose if when you get there there's a Coca-Cola tin. There was a recent incident in the South Downs where on an ancient monument people had not only left a great pile of litter but also lit a fire and damaged the site. So, you know, at its more extreme end it can have a really adverse effect on the park and its special qualities. And our final expert helping us investigate the challenges facing the countryside is Joe Bradshaw, Ordnance Survey Get Outside champion and mountaineer. And she feels it's essential we do work out ways to solve these problems. We need to encourage people to get out more for mental health reasons. Being outside in nature, whether it's your local park, sitting in the sunshine, taking the dog for a walk, taking the kids out to you know, the new forest or something, it is so good for you and essential for a lot of people who live in blocks of flats or don't have gardens. Looking after these green and wild spaces matters, but if we're not used to visiting them, how do we know what we should and what we shouldn't do? If only there was a set of clearly defined guiding principles we could turn to. Hang on a minute, there is. It's called the Countryside Code. I think how I see it, and I think the government website is quite clear on this as well as a nice short summary of three main sections to it kind of simple set of rules i think for people to engage and get the best out of going outdoors and the countryside code has three key elements respect protect and enjoy mark crosbury from the ramblers guides us through the first the three rules one around respect respect others respecting other visitors the people who live and work in the countryside you know, respecting the places you visit and, you know, and leaving gates as you find them, not touching the animals, the machinery, don't blocking the gates or diversions. So respect is number one. So there is quite a lot in there. Let's go through it step by step, so to speak. Where's a good place to start? Ah, of course. A map. Being aware of the impact on other people and looking at the signage around, a lot of landowners and other people put clear signs of where you can and can't go. You know, looking at some of the maps, following the paths. So here I am, walking along with my map. I'm following the path and I know I'm following the path, partly because I am using my map, but I'm also using my OS Maps app as well and there's a footpath sign so I know I'm in the right place but I notice the path leads across a field with cows. Hmm. What should and what shouldn't I do? Statistics show that that can be an issue particularly if you have a dog or there's young calves in the field. I think if there is some anxiety around that use your maps use your your phones to to look at possibly a, another way around that field but quite often it's about walking slowly keeping to the path most cows will will be fine i think if you do have a dog then there's ob obviously extra things to consider keeping the dog on the lead going across the field is fine and then there are other things that's just in case of emergencies then you probably have got to let your dog go if the cows start moving towards you because they're probably just after the movement of the dog 
And in fact, when it comes to cows, if you are concerned at all, then avoid them completely. Find another way, even if it involves retracing your steps. As John Packman from the National Parks explains, if we get this wrong, people and places can get hurt. National parks in the UK, because we're a crowded island, are what we term living landscapes. So they're places where people live, where people work, and of course they're, they're farmed landscapes. So people depend for their livelihoods on managing the landscapes. We in turn depend on them for the work they do in looking after the landscapes for us. Simple things like not shutting gates, which may to an urban visitor seem quite minor, can have a significant cost to the local farmer if the sheep or the cattle get out on the road, destroy a neighbour's crop. So there can be a significant economic impact of not following the countryside code. Now, the sheer scale of this issue can seem like an insurmountable problem. So what do you do when faced with an insurmountable problem? Bring in a mountaineer. It doesn't matter where you are in the world or what you're doing. Being respectful to your environment should be a given. Joe Bradshaw, expedition leader and Ordnance Survey Get Outside champion. I lead expeditions overseas on mainly high altitude mountains and I also teach Duke of Edinburgh students in the UK and I speak to companies, groups, schools, businesses, corporates, a lot about resilience and never giving up and you know how I've changed my life from being a no saying height hating comfort loving sofa surfer to having climbed Everest and completely changed my life. So I'm sat in my kitchen at home and I've got a big map behind me. It's a magnetic map. It's really beautiful. And it has on all of the six of the seven summits that I've climbed, I've got sort of little magnets in a, in a little circle. And for the one that I'm trying to get to and have been since the beginning of 2018, which is Carlson's Pyramid in Indonesia, I've got a pin <laughs> on it. So it's like the elusive summit at the moment but I'll get there. Which means Joe has an interesting perspective on respecting our environment both here in the UK and also on expeditions abroad. Just because it's not our local environment on Kilimanjaro doesn't mean to say that I have the right to drop litter or to leave toilet paper behind the bush because no one will see it but if you go <laughs> some of the toilet stops oh my gosh when I brief my clients at the beginning of any trip whether it's DV students or adults on expedition, I always say, leave no trace. Which, says Mark Crosby from the Ramblers, brings us to part two of the countryside code, protect. Protecting the natural environment, such a key thing at the moment, you know, particularly with the climate emergency we have. Taking litter home, not damaging or removing plants, taking great care not to, to start fires, particularly in the hot summer days, you know, people using disposable barbecues can cause quite a bit of damage if those things caught alight in the countryside. And keeping dogs under control, particularly keeping them on leads on around livestock. And that big bugbear, litter, which is something Dom Ferris from Trash Free Trails knows an awful lot about. I founded Trash Free Trails 
And really, it was just a response to the deafening silence in the trail using community whenever I went home and, or went mountain biking, where there was this absolute cacophony of awareness and action in the marine conservation world. And what about organic matter? Is that OK? Because, well, it'll just biodegrade, won't it? Well, no, according to expedition leader Joe Bradshaw. I was coming off Snowdon last year with some friends who'd done an early morning ascent. Coming back down, I saw this guy chuck his tangerine peel on the side of the path. Went up to him and I said, oh, excuse me, sir, but, you know, are you going to take that home with you? He said, oh, no, I'm going to leave it here because it will biodegrade. And I said, well, it takes a long time and it's not natural to the environment and, you know, tangerine trees don't grow on Snowdon and all of this stuff. And, and I said, if you just simply put it in your pack and take it away, then other people aren't going to add to that because they think it's OK that someone else has done it. And, and we had a chat about other things. And he was like, oh, I know, that's that's cool. Thank you for not shouting at me. And because it's so easy to, isn't it? We like, Oh, this is disgusting. And why do they not know this? And what have you is Kilimanjaro, the base of the mountain, bananas grow, but higher up the mountain, bananas don't grow. And I say to people, if we have bananas, please put it in the bag so we can take it off the mountain. Because even though it's natural down in the rainforest, it's not natural out in the alpine moorland or the alpine desert, where it takes a huge amount longer for it to biodegrade. And actually, if you saw someone else do it, you wouldn't like it. So, you know, let's not add to that. So is it all about changing behaviour? Don Ferris outlines what Trash Free Trails aims to do and how. Our vision, we exist to protect our trails and the wild places they take us to, and that's, that's kind of intrinsic and extrinsic, you know, so the wild places they take us to as people in our heads and hearts, as well as the actual beautiful spots we can get to faster as riders, runners or roamers. Our mission, so in other words, how will we achieve that? Initially, it started off as a single issue, so we want to reduce the amount of litter, or aka plastic pollution, on our mountain bike trails and wild places by 75% by 2025. One great thing about trails and hills is there's no tides. So we only have to deal with the people who are using those trails. So it's a straightforward, not simple, a straightforward behaviour change project. You know, you have to engage with the people who are coming there and, and, and leaving the litter there, for example. When it comes to the ocean plastic overall, in terms of stats, very a very low amount of it is from beach users. 80% of the plastic pollution that enters the ocean around the world comes from land-based sources, so from cities, from through rivers. You know, a plastic bottle, for example, I've, I can do some shaking here. I've done a little, a little beach clean before the call. You know, it'll last 450 years in the environment. So that plastic bottle can do a lot of journeying on the oceans as it slowly breaks down to smaller and smaller pieces. So that transboundary problem is gigantic for marine conservation organisations. Whereas Trash Free Trails is quite exciting because we can perhaps set an example. And we've already got our first totally clean trail. We've already shown that it's doable on a local scale. So then if you start to scale it up from there, that's doable. So that answers my question. If we don't pick up those discarded plastic bottles, they take 450 years to begin to break down. And of course, it, it's more than, than just litter here on this beach. There have got the remains of several fires and, and they're way above the line where the tide reaches. So these burnt stones and these, these bits of charred wood, they're here to stay. John Packman from the National Parks. 
Fires in the countryside are a, a real hazard, particularly when sometimes in the summer things are tinder dry. A fire from a barbecue can set fire to large parts of the national park. We and the national parks in general don't encourage people to have wildfires outside. There, there are places where barbecues are permitted and they're clearly marked, but otherwise, no, it's not something to do. And then there's that very tricky issue. What to do if you get caught short outdoors? Expedition leader Joe Bradshaw is very used to giving advice on this one. People pooping in plastic bags, just like you would pick up dog poop, but then leaving it there. So if you're going out for a multi-day hike, you can either do as you would with dog poop and scoop it up in a poop bag, pop it in a Tupperware pot, take it away if you're that well prepared. The other option is to bury it. You take a, a trowel or a pew shuttle, something to dig a six inch or more hole. That type of waste is not acceptable in the outdoors. Having a pee behind a bush out in the wilds and leave, leaving no toilet paper or anything, it's got to be done at some point. And it's what we do on expeditions, but I think there are times and places to do it. Someone's front garden is a definite no-no. And the Countryside Code's theme of protect well it also applies of course to looking after us humans as well as our world the broads authorities john packman in this particular area where you've got 125 miles of waterway to enjoy it's being safe near water our rangers constantly push the message that if you're out on a boat you need to wear a life jacket it's it's getting on and off a boat that is the most dangerous point in in that journey normally What a sight. I've been hard at work all day, too many things to do, you know how it is, all feeling a bit weighed down. But then I get out under this sky and life feels lighter. Which brings us to the third bit of the countryside code. Here's the Ramblers, Mark Crosby. One is respect, two is protect. And then probably the, the most important one in some ways is just enjoy, yeah, enjoy the outdoors. I think quite often we feel there's rules of do not, do this and don't do that. Actually, the enjoy one is its a lot much more about being prepared, getting the best out of your experience in the outdoors. So just thinking a little bit further ahead, checking in with what facilities are open, what you're planning to do there. And particularly in these times of COVID and the restrictions we have, it, that's even more important to get the best out of the outdoors is just doing that bit of simple prep. No one will protect what they don't care about and no one will care about what they've never experienced. And if new people are coming out and experiencing the, the fantastic benefits of being outdoors, they will start to care about that more and they'll take some responsibility and we're there to support that. So if we are enjoying outdoors places, are we more likely to look after them? Dom Ferris from Trash Free Trails. I have this madcap theory that if you create more connected people with themselves and with their wider community and their environment, I feel like we might create happier people. And then if you create happier people that are more connected, they might not do these things in the first place that lead to plastic pollution. You know, our job as we see it is to reconnect people with their wild selves and places through what we call purposeful adventure. To connect people with the story and these places, therefore they might not want to harm it by leaving literal plastic pollution. I think that's a really good point around connection and there's some really nice evidence from people like University of Derby about what's the factors that lead to deeper connection with nature. It seems then that feeling connected to outdoor spaces is important. So what one 
positive thing can we do to kickstart those connections? Just go out for a walk and just with the intention of noticing. Allow yourself to notice the bird song. Allow yourself to, to smell you know, that beautiful tree that's there. You know, you know, allow these things to come to you. Allow the direction of the wind to hit you on the face and just think about that. Also notice the Coke bottle or the crisp packet. But then you've done both there. You've done the, the yin and the yang. We really enthuse about people getting out and walking. And that benefit that walking can give to your mental health, your well-being. But almost some of the best times to actually connect with the outdoors is just not actually moving. It's, it's taking time to notice what's around you, the beauty of nature. You know, that can be in your garden or the public park. Possibly even lying in a field, having a roll about and embracing the senses that nature brings to you. You know, the sense of the sight, the smells, the touch, and giving time for that leave it as you find it or don't add to what is already there we have no right to say to people you don't belong here that's that's absolute rubbish the main thing is educating people in the right way of using what we have around us and that includes being respectful to nature so that's the Countryside Code edition of Get Outside, brought to you by Ordnance Survey. We've investigated the challenges facing our outdoor spaces, but we've also looked at what we can all do to help. This podcast was produced and presented by me, Belinda Dixon, and a huge thank you to our guests, Dom Ferris from Trash Free Trails. Kind of leave a space in your pack to fill with three, five, ten, or as many bits of plastic pollution that you see on that day. Mark Crosby from The Ramblers. In The Ramblers, we talk about leaving nothing but your footprints. John Packman from the National Parks. Everyone, wherever they live, to pick up one piece of litter today. And Joe Bradshaw, mountaineer, expedition leader and Ordnance Survey Get Outside champion. It's leaving a good impression on someone so that they will then try harder the next time. For more on how you can do the right thing by our outdoor spaces, head to getoutside.uk.